On today's episode of Life Talks, we're going to talk about an issue that may be a bit controversial, and actually in the next two episodes, because we're going to talk about the differences between a man's role in a family with children and a woman's role in a family with children. Now, you know, you know, if you I, could I see wish, my face. That's right what I'm saying. Now. I wish you all could sometimes oh. see the behind the scenes things. We drew straws and Ben drew no, the we didn't short even, one. <laughs> we didn't even draw straws. We should have done okay. rock, paper, scissors, we Dan. Done something I just realized that. He just he just said, Ben, you I'm interviewing you about what, what I'm what. older, so I chose <laughs> oh. which which of the roles you, I get to emphasize. You're so ageist, Dan. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and now we're going to get to see you be sexist. Now, <laughs> the, the reality is what we're, some of what we're going to say today may rankle some, some people. Uh, but that's okay because truth sometimes does that. Uh, you don't have to agree with us. It, you know, we're not going to show up at your house and, and pester you because you don't agree with us. We would like for you to consider some of what we're about to say. That in a culture today that seems to have lost their way about the differences between men and women, we're going to point out there are differences between men and women. And, and the reason we're saying that is not because uh, we're white evangelical men. Right. The reason we're saying this is because the Bible makes clear. Nor are we sexist pigs. Yes. The, the reality is the Bible has assigned roles yeah. to every person. Some of those roles are based on gender. Some of them are based on other things. Yeah. Uh, but but um, this this idea of of cultural egalitarianism um, where all of us are in the end equal just simply is not, it's not logical, it's not scientific, it's not biblical. Um, and it's not about worth, it's not about values, it's about roles and responsibilities. That's right. So that's how we're going to approach this. And if it's going to offend you, then um, there's a thousand another podcast, I guess you can probably switch to <laughs> You know to what's so funny? I, I mean, uh, I know this is not what we're talking about today, but I do find it, you know, we, the, the waters were swimming in, Dan. You know, there's this term called mansplaining, yes, right? Yeah. And and I, I remember uh, last semester I was in a class, and, you know, going back and getting my degree in counseling, uh, one of the things I'm realizing is very few men are doing that. It's a predominantly female mm-hmm. uh, group that I'm in. And so the the, the uh, cl- we had to break up into groups and we had to do a group counseling experience. And so it was me and five other women. And so it was like every week we would get on and we would do this experience. And I just remember the time I was leading the group, I was the first one to lead the group. And so here I am, the one guy leading the group of all mm-hmm. females. And there's a part of me that was like, okay, so how do I come across as not like a guy who yeah. Comes across as like I'm. I know all this, and just because I know there's a sensitivity to that. Yeah, and and I, <clears throat> this is probably a whole other episode, but I'm really, really sick of the pressure to self censor. Um, and that's we, the thing. I don't want to feel like because that. Because that's the antithesis of equality. I know. Uh, guys don't self-censor with yeah. each other. So if we're all able to take it, you know, if you disagree with me, tell me. I don't care whether you're yeah. male or female or, you know, educated. But we're doing this series on on legacy planning, issues of family. And so this is one of those issues, a foundation issue of like what's a father's role, what's a what's a mother's role. And in the Bible does make clear there are some things that mothers and fathers are responsible for. Yes, absolutely. And 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 so let's let's talk about some of those. And you know, there this is no accident that when my kids got hurt, they ran to their mother. They didn't come to me. <laughs> if I had run to my dad with a splinter, he would have said, "Where's the hatchet? I'm going to take that finger off." No, it went to mom because she was she got the back tea now and she got the yes. tweezers. Yes. And the, so, um what 
what are some of the things that a woman brings to mothering and to parenting and yeah. to the family that are unique gifts from God? So, you know, I, I go back to, um, there's really three or four terms that really come. Obviously, there are some parenting overlap issues that both mother and father should do with their children. And these are things like um, teaching them the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I, I think that both mothers and fathers have the opportunity. And I think the Bible makes very clear. I mean, one of the things that talks about in the book of Proverbs, there's this idea of um, both the teachings of the mother and the father that that the person's receiving. So um, it's not just a, a, a man's role. It's not just a woman's role to teach your children. It is both and, mm-hmm. okay? Um, same The same is true for modeling, that there's a modeling of Christ-likeness that both parents have the responsibility to to love their children and to um, discipline them and to pray for them, and so these are these are parental. Those are the, those are the egalitarian roles that I think both husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, both play. But there are some unique things that I think the Bible cl- clearly teaches that that women are suited for. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of them is uh, what I would call the COO of the family, mm-hmm. the chief operating officer. When you, and and the, I get that idea from the scriptures of of uh, of Proverbs thirty one, and uh, you know whenever you hear women like, oh man, I've got that woman hanging over my head. Proverbs the Proverbs thirty one woman, you know she's this perfect woman who does everything right. And then I always like to respond, well, yes, you have Proverbs thirty one. We have Jesus, okay? Because 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 <laughs> Paul says, husbands love your wives as Jesus loved the church, and so you got the Proverbs thirty one woman women. We have Jesus, so I think we've got. I think we've got a harder task yes, ahead of us. Harder to live right? up to. <laughs> um, I, I always joke about that, but the reality is, when you read about the Proverbs thirty one woman, there's this idea that she is in. She's she's managing the household well. She she's getting up before everyone. She's making sure people kids are 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 clothed. That she's making sure that the, the money is spent wisely. She's making sure that um, you know she, she's ma- she's managing it right. And so the Bible makes it very clear that that a that a godly woman, a wise woman, is someone who manages their household very well. And so I. In today's terms, I just think about that chief operating officer. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're looking at a business, um, they are the ones who are making sure that everyone is doing what they should be doing. I think women have a very strong aptitude for that, right? Like, so my wife sometimes has a better insight of what I need to be doing than sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. There's sometimes that go, things go right over my head or things that I'm not even aware of. And she's like, Did you notice this? You need to make sure that when you, you know, when you talk to so this per you know when you talk to this child about this think of these three things so i need her in my life she makes me a better husband she makes me a better father and so a a good mother a mother that wants to do things according to god's word is going to take their role and say you know god's placed me in this position to help make sure that everyone is thriving everyone is doing what they need to be doing um because god has gifted i think women with the ability to sense things to and to understand how things should be. And so that's that's one of those things that I think women do, uh, one of the gifts that mothers bring to, to households. The other one is, I, I and you brought up the whole thing when kids skins his knee, mothers are just much better at nurturing mm-hmm. than, than fathers are. And if even if you think about this, going back 
by biologically the way that God has created women to feed children in their first you know uh, first year of life to you know with their own body. There's this idea of of closeness of nurturing and and that's a that's a that's a feminine quality that I think God has ingrained in women that they are the ones that are much more likely to put their arms into comfort. And it doesn't mean that dads shouldn't. It doesn't mean that 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 necessarily all women are better than that in men. But it, there is a a tendency of how women are more generally uh, characterized by nurturing more than more than guys because for, I I'll just this is my own experience is that when my kids went through something difficult, I always looked at this as, this is good for you. I'm glad you're going through this, Mm -hmm. you know? My wife would always, how is this making you feel? Mm -hmm. You know, let's walk through, you know, I'm so sorry, you know, whereas I'm like, toughen up, buddy. Mm -hmm. You know, that there's just that, that there's that inclination. I want to make sure my kids are, are, are ready right for life mm-hmm. and and that they're they're getting tougher there's something about me wanting my boys to be tougher that i i think i think that's not bad mm-hmm. but they also needed a nurturing voice in their life as well yeah and 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 you see the contrast we'll talk about it a little bit in our next episode but <clears throat> it's it's the dad who's wrestling with the kids on the floor and breaks the coffee table it's the dad who's seen how high up we can throw the kid before they faint. You know, the, the things that, you know, and, oh. and, 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 and there's mom saying, that's so high, that's so high. Don't do that. You're going to break something. Yes. And, but that's, that's how God created us. If you even go into nature itself, 99 out of 100 species that you'll find, the dominant caregiver is the nurturing mother. She 100%. feeds them. She hunts for them. She disciplines, she, particularly when they're young. And, you know, people always want to say, well, look at the penguin. Uh, you know, you can, you, can, <laughs> you can always find an anomaly, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. But the vast majority of, of everything, it's the mother bird. And, and the father bird helps, but the mother bird sits yes. on the- I mean, the, the whole idea of mothers, mothers are amazing at risk management. Yes. Are they not? There, yeah. There's something like you brought that example. I remember my boys, we had these bunk beds. And um, so they they wanted to jump off the top bunk onto the onto the floor. And so I was like, well, if you're going to do that, you got to put pillows down. So I just got a bunch of pillows down and I laid them all on the ground and said, all right, go ahead and jump. And so my wife walks by. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, they wanted to jump from the top bunk. So I let them. She's like, they're going to break their arm. I'm like, they'll be fine. You know, because... Mm-hmm. We did. St- I did stupid stuff all the time, mm-hmm. and sometimes you do break your arm. But you're like, "This is what boys." And I try like, "This is what boys do. It's okay. Let them jump off the mm-hmm. second second bunk." And and now sometimes I did need to listen to my to my wife. And 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 as they get older, the risk management is much more complicated. Um, but she would always be the one that was thinking, "Well, if they do that, you got to think about these three things that are going to come out of those things." Yeah. So th- th- there's this idea of risk management that they are just have this aptitude for. Well, and what you, and you've heard me say this, you know, in, in at, at work, at home and other things. I believe that tension is a good thing in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I often put it this way, you know, in a family, in a marriage, the dad is the kite, the woman is the anchor, and the tension is that string between the mm-hmm. two. If you don't have tension between that, the kite never flies or the anchor never, you know, he's holding a limp string. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, another way to do it is like in your home, you have you have a thermostat on the wall. When you want to change the temperature, you you go to the thermostat. 
But the thermostat does not have any power at all to, ch to actually change the temperature. It just communicates to the air handler, to the AC unit. Yeah, or this the, is what, this yeah, is what, this is, is, is what needs to happen. And all of a sudden a big wind blows through and the temperature is changing. Mm -hmm. But if there's no communication between the thermostat and the, and the air handling unit, then the temperature stays the mm -hmm. same. And in the home, you know, dad walks in things change. He's big, he's loud, he's brusque, he's a risk taker. Um, and by himself, the room will be too hot <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, or it won't be working at all. Mm -hmm. But when the godly complementary factor mm -hmm. in the relationship provides that notice, that mm -hmm. tension, that directive, it works out for good. That's right. And and uh, it's designed by God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and then the last one, I, I would just say that the word I, that I wrote down was prepare, that, that moms do have this role of preparing their children. You know, they're the ones that think through the preparation of not, not just their needs, but also their, their character, understanding that there's a preparation involved of getting them ready to leave the home and that, and they're the ones that are thinking through all of those things that I think, uh, better than than some than than guys do. So those those are that's what I got, Dan. Yeah. Well, I got two other questions okay. for you. Uh, the first one is this: Does this shift at all as the child ages? Oh, of course. You know, I think that. Uh, and and that what I would say is there's two factors. It's the gender of your child. Right, and mm -hmm. then there's the the age of your. Oh, that child. was my, my second question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Now I don't have any additional questions for you. Appreciate that. <laughs> I I do think that there's a um, there is something about that that should change. You know that you at some point you want there's always going to be the 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 mothering nurturing side that's going to want to care for your child in in protective ways. And there are times where I think the the fatherly voice might be no, they need to experience this on their or they need the. Uh, we talked about this in a previous episode about you know consequences. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's usually going to be the mom that the mother hen that's going to be more protective. That's going to be like I don't want, I don't want my child to experience heartache or pain. Mm -hmm. Where the dad is going to be more or less now they got to live with their consequences, right? And 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 that's not always true. I remember when we had Dad University here at the at the church. One of the things that I would constantly hear is that the moms were always predominantly, this isn't always the case, but predominantly the mothers were the ones who are most would always was always lead with a lot of grace and the dads would lead with lead with a lot of truth. You need mm -hmm. and you talk about that tension. There's a grace and truth thing. But I do think that as kids get older, there's that does change a little bit and you want you want them to be able to experience uh you know cut cut there's that saying cut cut loose from the apron strings, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's this idea of make sure that your kids are are allowed to experience life away from the hovering of a mother. And I think that's something that is very important. And it's something that, to be honest with you, there's a lot of moms and a lot of parents who are not willing to to do that because they do not want their child to experience heartache and pain. They don't want their child to experience disappointment. Um, but the problem is that you're not preparing your child for life. And, and so um, I do think that allowing your child, again, you're not, you're not, casting them out to the to the wolves but what you are saying is if my kid does something wrong I need to allow them to experience the consequence of that wrong choice mm -hmm. if my kid cheats on a test and the teacher gives him a zero 
I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to the, to the school board or the teacher and be like, you better give him a grant. You know what I mean? Like, right. no, they cheated. They did something wrong. They have to live with the consequences, yeah. you know? And so I, I think there's a, there's a reality to allowing your kids to experience the pain of their choices sometimes that is really important yeah. for their growth and development. And it's and and it and it has I believe some implications on mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately what we're seeing today are a lot of young people with severe issues with anxiety. And anxiety can sometimes be rooted in an inability to respond to the circumstances of life. So that causes us to become more and more anxious. Some people are more prone to it than others. But as parents, helping our child work through the anxiety when they're young prepares them for adulthood Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, absolutely. So in the minutes that remain, okay, so you and I both have used the term egalitarian, Mm -hmm. which is the concept that that um, you know everything is equal, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's an ideal, um, but but again, it's often a misunderstood ideal, and some of it in the way that we're implementing it in our culture today is actually Marxist, mm. um, and it's a social Marxism that that uh, basically tries to erase natural biological spiritual principles of differences. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to understand that whether we're talking gender or race or age or all these other things, there are some things that are different mm-hmm. between and, and everything can't be perfectly that's equal. Right. Uh, but the other side of that term is complementarian. Mm-hmm. Now that's theological implications, but mm-hmm. it is it is also part of the whole philosophy of it. Explain to us a little bit about the differences between egalitarianism and, and complementarianism. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it goes back to the idea, complementarian is the belief that there that everyone, that both male and female, are equal in the sight of God, but that God has created different roles for both men and women. And um, this is this is a belief that goes all the way back to um, to, to the very nature and the created creative order, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, that the Bible teaches that men are are equal in value, but different and distinct uh, have different and distinct roles to play. Um, that that is that's the way God has designed things, and so we're not trying to uh, we're not trying to come up with our own ideas that they're. I mean, I think when you when you untether yourself from the biblical foundation, what you end up happening is you end up having chaos because if you even look at the the waves of feminism, and and I don't want to go into the the historic of historical study of feminism here. The first wave of feminism, I think, was actually very good, it, and it allowed women to have equal rights to men. And I, I would, I'm a firm believer that that the first wave of feminism was was a good thing in, in our nation. Um, the second wave of, of feminism was this idea of, you know, women don't need men at all, right? And that was kind of like the radical 60s, and, and you saw this idea that um, there should be nothing that a, that a, Woman could, you know, should have that, that song. Everything man can do, I can <laughs> everything do you can do, I can do do better. better yeah. But the idea is that there is, there are no distinct roles at all. Um, then you see the third wave of feminism, which is almost that women are better than men. Okay, mm-hmm. and then now what you're seeing today, what we're living through today, through the idea of queer theory, and this is idea that we don't even know what a woman is. Because we've untethered, and, and you might be like, well, you're making a, a huge leap. No, I'm, what I'm saying is once you untether yourself from the foundational principles of how the Bible calls men and women 
to that there's a role for them to play in in within the family unit um you're opening the door to chaos and what's happening is you're seeing you're seeing you know yes again we're the bible never ever says that women are lesser in value than men ever you know in fact i go back to the i preach a sermon on this but the bible the first human being to give god a name in the entire bible is a female Egyptian slave. Hmm. Okay? The fact that Jewish men wrote the Bible, I mean, that goes to show you that this was God's word. This is not just men's words. And and whenever you see the Bible, they're elevating women, they're elevating the foreigner, they're elevating these things. And so the Bible is always pointing to the value of both men and women being equal. But the Bible does distinguish between the roles of men and women. And so... I think that's clear throughout the entire body of uh, of scripture. We don't have all the time to go to every single uh, um, statement uh, or every single passage of scripture, but there is there is a we went through that study as as a group of elders and just recently about this idea of complementarianism, knowing that men and women are are equal, but there's different roles that God's given to us, and so we want to be faithful to that because once you untether yourself, that there's no difference at all between men and women. It leads to chaos. Absolutely. Well, it's been a fun start to our conversation. We're going to pick it up again in our next episode where we'll talk about the role of men in a family and uh, and what has God assigned for them in this complementarian relationship that we should have in our homes. So as always, we appreciate you listening to us here at Life Talks. Please tell your friends and neighbors all about us. Share this episode and any others, if you would, on your social media. And until next time, thanks again, as always, for listening to us here at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.